Welcome back to another episode of Rec Talk. So we've got Joe Harris of uh, EasyJet Talent Team with us today. Joe, Hi how you doing? Thanks for having me. You ready to do local, aren't you? Yeah, grew up in, in Coventry. My accent's probably not Lesson. Coventry. Yeah, I'm a bit, bit of a traveller, but uh, yeah, so uh, grew up around here. Uh, don't support Coventry, thankfully, uh, unlike you guys. But uh, I'm not sure we should yeah. continue with this podcast, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. especially when, when we find out who the actual team is. Yeah, I can't. I can't say other than we're in Europe, so that's good. <laughs> Undeservedly, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so, good. Joe, you've been in um, in in sort of recruitment a good number of years, and and most of that's been spent in kind of talent acquisition and kind of corporate uh, HR, hasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, last decade actually in corporate TA. Um, first part of my actual office career was in agency so I worked for Experis which is part of Manpower yeah um, and then spent the last 10 years local organizations like Seven Trent, Highways Agency, big chunk of that time was with Serco the public service outsourcer yeah. and then more recently as you said at, at EasyJet for the last two and a half years. I think so, that's when we first met weren't it when you were at Serco? That's right yeah so um, god that's 2017 I think it was so yeah, yeah, five, five years ago. Yeah, 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 God, yeah. yeah. Seems like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? It does, and yeah, lot, a lot's changed. Uh, well, talent acquisition in, in general has has kind of been on a bit of a journey, sort of since then. I bet when you first started in in TA to kind of what you're doing now, what you expect of the talent team now is totally different. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think for me, the biggest change is, you know, the shift in actually the size of TA teams, what they're responsible for, but. Mm. More importantly, the investment. I think a lot of big, bigger organisations like the ones I've worked for, um, it's about having the seat, seat at the table now in, in whether that's growth discussions, financial discussions, but more importantly, the talent agenda because, you know, without being too corny, most organisations rely on their people to deliver stuff. Yeah, and yeah. TA have a big part to play in that. Um, and just on top of that, I think it's more about moving away from putting bums on seats to the total talent strategy which we can which we we can come on to as well so. yeah i think i think you're right i mean if we if we look at kind of the the bums on seats mentality that that's that used to happen it was literally just i mean i suppose talent acquisition first kind of started making it big when it was like we're spending too much on agency let's just bring it in the house get bums on seats and, and that way we've delivered yeah but now what we're seeing is is more and more sort of talent teams not too worried about working with agencies and, and actually using them as a bit of a support network. Yeah, agreed. And and, and, and for me, it's, you know, if, if you're a, a leader of an internal TA function or a manager, and especially in the corporate world, which is predominantly my expertise, is if your team is set up for fulfilment internally, the amount that you would use your supply chain reduces. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean you'll never use them because there will always be a need for... Um, suppliers to support you when you're low on capacity or you don't know the skill set so for me it has to be a partnership yeah. um, but there will always be a challenge on cost and I think that's part of the battle and what that's resulted in is a lot of internal recruiters and I think I touched on when we were discussing before we started this badge of honour to say <laughs> I don't like using agencies because it looks like I'm spending more and I'm not doing my job but in reality my view and my opinion and most of my team agree with it, is actually you make us look better. You make us perform better. You take the risk away from us, but you also got the time and capacity to deliver as well. So, you know, that for me is is really important for me to say here because 
a lot of people don't admit that, but it's it's the truth. So is that is it a myth then that that TA teams are targeted to reduce agency spend? No, and that, that badge of honour then is is sort of like surely part and parcel. No, cost avoidance is a metric, right. but you have to do it in the right places. So for me, you know, if we're recruiting entry level, um, you know, customer service roles through an agency that that to me is is not a good use of money and time but if we're looking at super niche roles let's say technology and digital then you know that is where you consult with your hiring manager and say look we we could have a go at it we could do a linkedin search or we could advertise it mm -hmm. and our brand's pretty strong at easyjet but are we truly doing an in-depth search or do we have the networks to find these people so it's it's about considering mm when and where to go out so yes we we drive cost avoidance but it's about spending the money in the right places so, so that it's, plays it's, that plays quite hand in hand with so a lot a lot of the guys that we've had um who are kind of neds and business mentors and stuff previously on the podcast and people that we've met have always banged on about the same thing which is niche pick a niche be a specialist be a specialist because yeah. it's almost like that that age of the generalist recruiter is sort of dying off now um so when you're having to decide whether you're going to use agency or not, niche plays a big part in that then, yeah? 100%. It can work two ways. So, you know, take my, you know, take my team set up. I've got a team of recruitment business partners that are functionally aligned. So customer marketing, technology, finance, HR, legal. But within each of those verticals, there are, um, you know, niches in terms of skill set so you know you could specialize in the aviation industry for example mm -hmm. but you could then be a broad technology recruiter as well so it's super important and actually will aid things like bd conversations mm -hmm. with clients all yeah. of that will help you build credibility if you go come to me and say i want to recruit for easyjet i can do everything it's not really going to help me, pin, first of all, build a relationship. It will also pinpoint you where you need to go with EasyJet and who you yeah. need to speak to. So having that niche, whether that's industry or skills, for me is super important. And that's how we look at our suppliers as well, is mm -hmm. industry and skills. It's, it's the way we decide who we, who we partner with, for sure. I suppose one, one of the key points, uh, and I think the key metric for, because the, the, the end client, the, the hiring manager, that's, that's kind of the person who ultimately is is going to suffer if there's friction between internal and an agency so the, the the hiring manager doesn't give a shit where the, the the candidate comes from for them it's just like i want the best candidate that i can i can get my hands on yeah and if that's by way of building relationships through talent then then great but i mean they're not going to care whether it's come from your your own internal applications or whether it comes from agency for no. them it's just like don't deliver me a candidate that's yeah. what i want they you know most of our hiring community um, I'd say 90, 95% are involved, care and will help us deliver, you know, a requirement to, for, to fulfillment to, to day one. But you're right. I think it's about putting the right people in front of them. So, you know, what we do as TAs ensure that you understand our business, align to our values, mm -hmm. make sure that you're inclusive and fair when you assess candidates who are coming to us from yourselves. Um, but ultimately it's, finding the right talent, people with the skills and experience who have been assessed on merit and are appointed is where we want to get to and what we're trying to do now. So you're completely right. But it's up to us as the experts to identify those those supplies because if we yeah. don't, we'll be led by line managers who have you know close relationships with suppliers because they're candidates too, right? So mm -hmm. they will 
they will recommend, but then we will advise beyond that to say, well, have you thought of this supplier because of X, Y, and Z? And then that relates back to the specialism and the, and the industry sector. Because, you know, most of the time we're asked to justify why we work with certain agencies and yeah. having that kind of bit behind you in terms of, well, we've done this with this, this organisation. Yeah, substance yeah, yeah. Um, helps us in those conversations. I always liken it to, you know, our hiring managers tell us who we need to work with from a supply perspective, but I wouldn't turn around to IT and tell them which supplier that they would need to use yeah. to buy their laptops, for example. Yeah. So it works both PC ways. PC world, obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think um, no, it's, it's super important. And for me, again, it just builds credibility, not only for yourselves, but for us. We pick a supplier and they deliver. Hiring manager, that builds trust, that builds a better relationship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's... It, it's a two-way street and I think like I said earlier I think for me it's about a partnership and people throw this word around a lot a partnership is being honest with each other yeah uh, understanding your each other's pain points successes but also being open and and actually you know being quite responsive and speedy with fit with feedback and you know interview slots all of the good stuff that you'd expect yeah. of a client if we do that for you our expectation is you find us the right people you know, you commitment both ways is always, always, always super key. So having, having kind of been in, in talent acquisition long, as long as you have, why, why is there, or what, what are agencies doing then to piss off the talent teams? Because whenever, got? <laughs> yeah, what is you like, yeah. think about it, whenever, whenever a, a business has decided to bring in an in-house talent team, immediately as agencies are like, oh, fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. And that's because yeah, we yeah. almost know that, oh, well, we know what's going to happen here. And yeah. considering most talent acquisition um, team members are ex-agency, there's very few that have kind of come through that HR route. Yeah. But for the most part, they're all ex-agency. So you, th you think, you know what the pain points are. You know what, what as an agency, we're, we're trying to do. So why is there that kind of us and them? It's a, re it's, it's a really good question. And I, there's probably a couple of things we could we could talk about in terms of why there is that initial or resistance or reaction to to a so i think there's a the first thing for me is communication so you know if you want to speak to a stakeholder a key decision maker in an organization um you know the the, the better ta people will realize that actually looping us in giving us insight to say i've had this conversation with this ex this stakeholder last week or yesterday yeah. this is what was discussed but i'm looping you in because i want to have a relationship with you as the ta person so that would be first of all quite simple advice mm -hmm. but it's effective and actually ta people will respect you more for looping them in than not because the, the frustration will be we find out through second third hand conversations mm -hmm. that you're specking cvs to a head of function loopers in and actually will have more respect and you, you probably result in more, <laughs> more business because you're only going to one line manager. We own the process for all of our recruitment yeah. in the organization. So I think that's the first thing, but there are bad behaviors. Well, I'll be honest. There's sometimes where you're, you're expecting adherence to a particular process, especially on the PSL yeah. and it doesn't happen. Then it doesn't happen again. And then that's where the frustration is born out of. But, Look, I, I like to remind my team that, you know, BD is part of a recruiter's job. They're always going to want to speak to people. They always want to find out information. So as long as they're towing the line and keeping you in the loop, then it shouldn't be a problem. 
Um, and especially if you own the budget centrally like we do at EasyJay, you can just block POs, it's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, the yeah. challenge is when the hiring Thank manager owns, owns yeah. the invoicing process, it can be a bit, of, a bit like the Wild West, but most organisations, the pot for agency spend is central. So, you know, make you realise that, you know, if you want to work with us, we're the ones who control the spend. Yeah speak to us, we can have a conversation, we can build that relationship. I think relationship. sometimes it's the manner in how that's communicated, <coughs> right? Because like what you're describing there sounds really fair in a in, in, in your business and and kind of currently where you work. But there'll be people listening to this and, and I've experienced it multiple times where they don't even want to start the conversation. You know yeah. I'll I'll spec a candidate who is a very, very appropriate candidate for a uh, a live vacancy and loop in the talent acquisition person and go, right, here's what it is, here, blah, blah, blah. Our T's and C's are attached. However, obviously open to negotiation depending on what it is uh, where you need us to be and, and, and every, all the good shit that you need. And it gets told, it just gets blocked off, right? Yeah. Don't send CVs to our hiring managers. All communication comes through me. And you go, yeah, first, right, go on then. So what did you think of that candidate? We're not looking at external CVs at the minute. Yeah. Right, okay. But if you were, do you not agree that this candidate's appropriate? Is it not worth having a conversation with this person? Yeah. No, tell them to apply direct. And and I think <laughs> all of that, that yeah, but, but, you know, <laughs> but I think all of that feeds back to kind of the, like, the, the, the issue for me is that talent acquisition as a function is still a very new concept within a business structure um it's still in its infancy in reality um you know and i think they've you guys have had to go through a big challenge in terms of getting buy-in from um internal stakeholders themselves and not see you as and i hate to say that but like the failed agency recruiters that have joined us you know or you're just part of the hr function so there's a big kind of journey that you guys have had to go on to kind of almost earn your crust there and be like this is who we are and there's what we what value we bring but i think because of the journey that a lot of recruiters take to get to ta which is go through agency and have a pretty shit experience at agency and they therefore go out of they leave agency with a real bad taste in their mouth or you guys are just kpi driven all you give a shit about is placements all you care about is the commission so if that's your mentality going into a ta function it doesn't matter what agencies reaching out to you you're going to brand them all with the same brush yeah i think that's probably part of it that's that's a fair statement <laughs> if i work back i think um you know the journey we've been on is well you know why would we use ta if we've got existing relationships with our suppliers who know our industry and and specialism as i touched yeah. on yeah. yeah um i think you know that the example i gave about how we try to operate our, our team isn't really isn't standard probably no. isn't adopted 100 percent by my team but i'm trying to get them there yeah. um but you know my advice to you know any supplier that's trying to work with a client is actually go look i'm here to benefit you you know give me a reason not to work with you and that'll be fair so the responsiveness you know if, mm. if you if if you spec a cv to a client and they say no tell them to apply direct i think there needs to be a balance i think sometimes you have to say this CV looks great. Let's have a follow-up and talk about our process and how we like to work. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the reach out. And actually, if the CV is relevant, hits the mark, then my advice to TA people is have that type of conversation. Yeah, It's it's a much more human way of reacting to it than computer says, no, you're yeah. my servant, I'm your leader. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So it has to, again, it has to be just relationship-driven. But I agree, I think most of... 
TA functions will react in that way. I've done it before. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. I'll do it to, you know, recruiters who do send me CVs on like things like Mailmerge. Yeah. Like I don't want to receive Mailmerge CVs. I want something specific, intentional. I want yeah. something that will get my attention and go, I haven't thought about this. I need to tell someone in the business because this person's got this skill on their CV or the recruiter's give me some insight in their conversation with that candidate. Yeah, they've identified something and yeah. immediately thought, this would add value to Joe, who I'm trying to build a relationship with. Because this is the thing that always gets me, is like, you know, the the the, the TA answer is always, you know, no, you, you've got to build a relationship. And relationships aren't forged overnight. Yeah. But my KPIs aren't going away. No, Do you know what I mean? I've got yeah. my manager breathing down my neck. I need to hit my seven, eight K billions this month because otherwise I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's sometimes I think it, it, it's, as agency recruiters, we need to do a lot more to understand the stresses and pressures that you guys are going through and the fact that you've got, you've almost got to justify your existence within that business. <laughs> like, you know, depending on where, where the, the corporation are as a, on, on a journey with the TA function. Yeah. You guys have got enough challenges. But equally, I think there's also that element of yeah. the TA team having to understand that not every agency is the same, but yeah. there are stresses and pressures for this person. And what, what this agency are trying to do is, yeah, absolutely, they're trying to make a fee. Of course they are. They're a commercial business. Yeah. No different to the business that you work for. Yeah. The difference is that this person's um, kind of ability to do that yeah. hinges on your willingness to want to engage one way or the other. Right? I think the, the challenge that, that I... I think I would see from from a TA point of view is I, I speak to so many different senior leaders and, and hiring managers within businesses and very few of them have a good thing to say about their internal TA team because it's almost like there's a it's like well, we have to do that. that that's a process that we have to go through there are a handful for every let's say one in ten would be like no 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 look our, our internal team are looking after that go through those that's it nine times out of ten though the answer that we, we normally get is yeah, look, our, our internal TA team, you have to, it's through gritted teeth, like we have to go through those guys because that, that's just what our process is. And if we don't, I'll get I'll get a slap on the wrist for it. However, look, come stay, stay in touch because I do want to see your candidates and I do want to see this. And it's like, I think a lot of junior consultants will look at that and, and, and we've got them upstairs where they look at it and be like, why don't the TA team just kind of just, just get on with yeah. it. What, what, the I've got the, the A part in your job title is acquisition, not restriction. Like, what, why are you <laughs> restricting the the access to talented people that we're yeah. bringing to you? But again, it's it's, it's understanding it's the, the kind of the bigger yeah, picture, and, isn't it? Yeah, and understanding the bigger picture is if you spec a CV to me, I'll then you know for me it would be all right. You've done this, but this is the bigger picture at EasyJet. We, you know, deliver X amount of roles direct. Mm -hmm. Therefore, this is the window of opportunity for you. But actually. The CV you spec me, we get those in abundance. Yeah. So yeah. next time you do it, focus on these skills. But that conversation isn't happening. No, no. That, that's but the also problem. then if so, you did that conversation with everyone who spec a CV to you, you wouldn't <laughs> get much else done that week. No, but also Correct. agencies, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah let's be I honest, totally agree. There's, yeah. there's what thirty eight thousand recruitment agencies out there. Yeah. They, I, I would hazard a guess that most of them know who EasyJet are, yeah. and therefore are going to be like, no, no, I've got access to great candidates. You know, I got, yeah. I got after this to... podcast, I expect a load of specs coming in. I did change my number recently <laughs> because of that reason. <laughs> but the, the problem is, well, though, is that there are there are consultants out there who just won't listen. You'll, yeah. you'll send... They think they know better. Yeah, yeah, you'll send a spec. No, look, try and focus on this if you can, Sean. Okay, no worries. Fuck him. I'm still going to send that same finance analyst over to the, yeah. the finance manager or I'm still going to send yeah, that same... I, I know better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and you will... And, and I it's think, a lack of respect on, I think, both sides. 
you've got you've got <coughs> a- agency recruiters who quite often will look at internal recruiters as failed recruiters and be like, well, what do you know? Yeah. I'm going to spec it anyway. And then you've got um, internal recruiters who look at agency recruiters as just aggressive like sales focused fee chasers yeah like like the the um, the, the both are true but also untrue yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah. well again it's a balance right so for me it's about you know if you are starting out in recruitment like we all did in in this in this room research your your market research your clients do as much as you can Mm -hmm. so it kind of if you get into that conversation you can you can be credible i think that's yeah. key yeah. um then on our side it's about again not wearing that kind of badge of honor and being defensive it doesn't do it doesn't actually do us any benefit but when our agencies aren't compliant or when someone's not following our process we hold them to account as well and again it's a balance both sides mm. it's not there's not kind of one answer to it all no. um and that's the challenge and i think you know that fell you know that failed recruiter statement you know there's there's a lot of people out there that um enjoy delivery the versus bd um you know and i went into rpo because of that you know i'll admit that mm-hmm. early in my career i went right i could go into an rpo be a delivery consultant but if you could build that, my then career why not, why yeah not pursue that right um and vice versa you know there's i know some but really there's, really there's, good people there's, at BD. Camp, there's people sat in recruitment agencies right now who hate bd yeah but will not move to talent acquisition be out of fear of being called that yeah. that, that that statement of failed but you recruiter, know that, that, which I, I think, think is that, really shitty. Really. Yeah, it's like, yeah it's, there's other routes. Just, yeah, like I said, the RPO route, there's, yeah. there's those, you know, there's a lot of organisations that have set up more recently who parachute into a corporation, yeah. Yeah. deliver a project, and then it's so like a project RPO type mm-hmm. business. If you, if you like delivery, there, there's the yeah. opportunities. Do you know where I think the, the entire kind of us and them thing started was when TA teams were introduced. I think the, the way that message was cascaded down was totally wrong, which is like, we're doing this to reduce agency spend. So straight away, what you've got is, is kind of um, talent acquisition going into a business with the mindset of, I have to reduce agency spend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that means I have to deliver this. Yeah. And agencies hearing, well, they're, they're, they're cutting my legs from under, underneath me because... Yeah. I used to I used to make X amount of money out of this account, and now I'm not going to. And I, uh, you you hit the you, you hit a point earlier, which is about talent acquisition being in their infancy still. <coughs> and yeah, I think so, so. The metrics, you know, have time evolved. to hire, cost avoidance, mm-hmm. um, how many aged requisitions do we have that mm-hmm. we still need to fill? Over the next, uh, you know, five to ten years, it will be quality of hire cost for hire not cost avoidance mm-hmm. um you know have we find found the right individuals that have in you know improved us commercially financially culturally yeah. Yeah. they will be the measures as you know time progresses mm-hmm. um and the wording of it's really good it's cost avoidance it's what haven't we spent not what have we spent yeah um and you're right i think we need to get out of this you know, we need to, yes, saving money and driving efficiency is great for any organisation. But if you're doing that at the detriment of the quality of talent you're bringing in, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, did, well, you think about any other kind of supplier relationship into a into a business, right? Um, whether it's your procurement team or whoever that deals with it. If they're going, right, we, we talked about like computers earlier, right? So, okay, uh, my IT department need to buy a thousand new laptops. PC World. Then, yeah, yeah just, <laughs> just PC World, right? No, but you're not going to go for the cheapest one. No. You're just not either, right? And, and if, if you've got a procurement person who's purely focused on cost, cost, cost only, yeah. 
that person's going to get it wrong because you're going to end up buying a load of crap. Mm. Um, it, it, but for some reason, with recruitment and with people, we kind of focus on the cost bit more than actually the quality bit. Now, that could be because it's harder to, to, to sort of measure the other metrics. <laughs> you know, we brought in Joe. Uh, yes, initially, he cost us X amount more than what the previous person was costing us salary-wise or we had to pay an agency fee of this amount. But actually, look at what he's delivered. He did this, he did this, he did this, he reduced this, he increased this. You know, engagement went up, this went up, that went up. All of those things are so intangible. Whereas with a, with a laptop, you can very easily be like, Correct. yeah, we bought this yeah. for this much and this was the direct response off the back of it. Yeah, and I think that cost per hire metric, the, the equation for that will, will aid some of those conversations. So, you know, how long, how much does a vacant position cost the business? How much does training and development cost in the first three months if you've made the wrong hire? Because yeah. if, you, if you invest all that money and that person leaves the organisation, you've got to do it again. Mm-hmm. So the quality of hire and the way we assess and select people in mm-hmm. organisation, it will become more robust. It will become more fair and consistent, but it will become more robust because of those metrics. You almost want to change the, the wording. So rather than actually thinking about it as a, as a cost per hire, it will almost needs to be like a value per hire or, or like a, an investment per hire yeah. based on kind of... Because mm. you've got to look at yields, don't you? You've got to look at, yeah. okay, well, I've bought this person in and, yeah, okay, they cost me the salary, the agency fee or whatever else. But actually, how much did I get back off them? So I think you, you almost need to look at the metric in reverse, rather mm-hmm. than looking at it as a cost, looking at it as as, as an asset, really. Yeah. But how how much focus is on how long <coughs> a candidate stays within a business, and when did that conversation start happening? It it's more recent. Uh, I'll be honest. I think it's dictated by industry. So you know, I mean, I've worked in. Because I could buy a thousand laptops for fifty quid, but if they're only going to last six months. You get a thousand laptops for fifty quid, and the last six months, I'll give you the fucking good money. Do you know what I mean? Right? Are they Fisher Price? (laughs) (laughs) They don't do anything. Sure, make noises, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, But do you know what I mean? Like the the the, the conversation seems to only really only just started. Oh yeah, no, we we, you know we we reduced agency spend by four million quid. Yeah. Well, that's great, but you've also hired three times the amount more because the people you've brought in haven't stuck. Yeah. So, you know, Joe? Yeah, I, I think the, the cost of um, retention, development and recruitment of people is, is, is a massive expense. So that's why it's more been more of a recent conversation. Um, and, you know, across certain industries um, and, you know, the pandemic, we've gone into a phase now where in our industry, a lot of organisations have either either not here any longer, recovered, mm-hmm. and now in a growth phase, become a lot more important than, rather than filling vacancies and getting people just to do the job, it's about, can we bring in people who can transform the business, change makers? So there's a lot more focus on the quality of people we're hiring rather than, we've got a vacancy, let's fill it. Well, uh, especially at the more mid-senior leadership level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that as well then, because there, there is obviously a, a real hot topic at the minute is generational kind of culture so you're talking to sort of your millennials versus your gen z's and gen x's and all that sort of stuff because there there are things that that motivate each generation in totally different ways so is that a metric then that that you think talent acquisition can start looking at in terms of right do we bring x amount of this generation in do we bring x amount of millennials in or or how do you even recruit for that metric it's a good question i think i probably think more broadly on that so we and, and i like to think be inclusive first 
and that will drive equity and diversity, especially when you're trying to recruit. So make or sure be that, exclusive. Yeah. Everybody's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prove to us yeah, that you are. That would be tough. We, we, I don't think we'd be flying any <laughs> planes. Um, Elitist. Yeah, right. elitist. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's about um, that inclusivity drives equity and then that will drive diversity. From an attraction and selection perspective, that's fine. But then that needs to be applied to development, environment, how management styles. Yeah. Um, but also, in order to do that, you need to develop your people managers to understand those different generations. Because if they don't, and they'll treat everyone how they treated someone when they first started their career, let's just say 15, 20 years ago, it might not work with those those individuals who are just starting to come into corporate life or the workplace. Yeah. Um, you know, organizations need a big focus on early careers. Talent pools are shrinking and shrinking. There's a there's a real age gap in certain specialisms. Yep. IT and data, engineering, especially mm -hmm. in our organization, mm -hmm. we are trying to increase the volume of early careers programs that we run because we realize it's a, it's a real benefit to us. We can develop our own people, but also there is a shrinking population in terms of talent who are either leaving the workplace or retiring. So to your point though, that generational piece is, the attraction piece has to be inclusive, but we need to develop our people managers to understand how to manage and operate with people from different generations. Um, because there's always new people managers, there's always new managers being promoted, moved around the organization, mm -hmm. and they might be managers for the first time. And that can be super challenging as well. So yeah, this all leads back to retention is how do we develop our people, including our people managers to deal with those different generations in the workplace for sure. Well, why do you, so, I mean, because this was a hot topic in, in, was it last week's podcast we had with, with Michael, weren't it? Mm. There's, there seems to be almost a, a lack of passion or like a pride in, in kind of, I don't know, in fact, that's, that's unfair. I think the, the newer generations coming up, the younger generation, they have a very distinct cut off. Yeah. This is work. This is my life. I have to do this bit, but this bit is where I excel. Yeah. So how do you motivate people like that? How do you get them to kind of be attracted to, especially a juggernaut like EasyJet? Because like yeah. right now, big corporates are are hated by by the younger generation because it's like we're sticking to the man. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna go against the grain. I, I think I think if I start more locally with my personal life, my little brother, he's 20, 23, lives in America. He won't speak to me on the phone ever. That generation, he, he, weird. he he'll, yeah. he'll 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 I'll send you a message on Snapchat. I don't don't have Snapchat. <laughs> um, <laughs> And Can then we very, your but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> anti-Snapchat. Sorry, um, but I think for me that, that just over time I've gone. I've realised that he he'll he'll communicate to me on WhatsApp, and that's acceptable. So that that's that's from a personal perspective. I started to realise this when my little brother started to grow up because it was yeah. a bit like they don't. You know, when I was his age, I just pick the phone up and speak to my friends or my 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 family. That's not the that's not the done thing now. Um, but to answer your, your question, it's about creating an environment where there is interest in terms of what they're doing, how they deliver things or the work that they're being given to do. So, you know, we could go down a rabbit hole of machine learning and AI in terms of how that would enhance people's work. But I think that will have a big part to play. But it's about keeping the, the, the new generation coming into workplace engaged and interested in what they do. Um, and that is a completely that's completely different to when I started working in in terms of what we actually do day to day, but also management styles. 
that has to change. You have to yeah. adapt. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what? not one size fits all. And if you think your method as a manager is the best, then you're going to get left behind. So you have to adapt those styles to deal with those those different you types of personalities about, and generations. You think about when we were dealing with our managers, I mean, our managers would say to us, jump and you'd be like yeah how high like yeah. that, that's just that's just what you do you oh, manager told you to I, stay I remember behind, four, stay four hours on the phone two hour power hours in the afternoon yeah, yeah. that was you know and if you didn't do that you would have this sense of guilt and an achievement in the day yeah. that was drilled into you I've, I'm, I've not been in the agency environment for uh, as, you, as you know a long time so I don't know whether that still happens it might do in certain organisations in some businesses yeah absolutely yeah. and then there are others they're just sort of but in, in, how it gets done just do it but in one way, it builds resilience. It builds, you know, strength of character and and that tenacity to go and do that do that work. And it's not just about the cool times. It's about that training. It's about the do's and don'ts. But accountability. I think yeah. that's what it breathed into me. Was you have to go above and beyond to deliver. And this is these are the fundamentals you do to to to, to, to get there. To play devil's advocate, though, why should I? You're paying me a salary to do. Nine to five. So long as I deliver, who gives a shit? Like, why, why, why does it matter if I if I if I'm on the phone for two hours or four hours if I'm delivering the same thing? Agreed. Do you know what I mean? Why does um, it matter if I leave at bang on five o'clock if the work that I'm doing is 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 the right level? And if you look at the agency side, I mean, we have KPIs for our guys, but actually, if if my guys are billing and they haven't hit their KPIs, I couldn't give a shit. Like, you're you're delivering. Yeah. But. The KPI question comes into play when they're not delivering, right? Yeah. So it all goes back to fundamentals. So, you know, if they, they, if they, if those individuals you you just give give an example of, if their billings start to drop, you're going to refer them back to the fundamentals to then start delivering again. Mm -hmm. So there have to there has to be a core fundamentals for people to deliver. But if they're yeah, if they're right. efficient I think and the clever, thing is, the, sorry. The thing is that the, the games change though, <coughs> right? So the fundamentals that we worked to. They worked in the early 2000s yeah. to the mid 2000s to maybe the late 2000s, but they don't anymore. Yeah. Because LinkedIn's a much bigger thing now. Personal brand is a thing which never was before. You know, yeah. um, individual marketing, outreach, automation, the game's changed. Yeah. And yet, if we're still, if, you, if, if agencies are out there still giving people the, the four hour target times, the 50 BD calls, and go, the 50 go, candidate go broader calls, than, than agency, though. No, but that's yeah. what I mean. So, but like, that, if we that goes back just to my point, world, is we need to adapt to those. And those this styles. is the point, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it's sort of like we've, <coughs> we've, we've gone out of our way to encourage and develop these free thinking question, question things. You know, don't just accept things that you were told like we did. Yeah. And now they're coming into the working world and we're like, no. Stop free thinking for yourself. No, stop, yeah. stop me. challenging me. Like, it's how, like, you know how I mean? do you do that with a framework? It's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So give people freedom, but there's still a framework. Operate within these. Yeah, operate yeah, within yeah. those parameters. And you're right. You know, I'm, God, 13 years ago, I, I would have never wanted to video myself and post it online or, yeah. you know, have various social platforms where I promote myself on. But mm -hmm. it's all about brand and, you know, oh, that person is looked really happy in their environment and they're talking about, you know, how good their life is at this organisation and they're wearing a nice uniform. People buy into that yeah. mm -hmm. rather than, you know, I've had a chat with someone or I've seen a basic job description like we used to have to and then you'd have to sell them harder because you the evidence is given when they step in the building and they're interviewed. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, now you can 
take a virtual tour of an office, you can see what the environment's like within 15 minutes of going on someone's career site. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can also have a look at things like, and you take it with a pinch of salt, but things like Trustpilot and Glassdoor and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You look at it and think, okay, well, how do they treat their people? Uh, LinkedIn recommendations, LinkedIn reviews, all of that sort of stuff exists. But I think going back to your point, Nick, about kind of the game has changed, If you move it broader than just recruitment, right? <clears throat> you look at um, finance. I mean... Finance is still... I had a conversation with a client yesterday and he was like, I would consider people at Big Four, but I know the people that I used to work with at Big Four and they're saying this new crop of um, graduates that are coming in, they're lazy. And that's... that's inf- So again, it's like accounting is... The fundamentals of accounting have, have still been the same. There, there's tools now to make it a little bit easier. <coughs> but fundamentally, the, the role hasn't changed too much. Same with sort of IT and development, right? There's there's still, the, the languages have changed and all that sort of stuff. But actually, the framework is still the same. Yeah. It's the, the attitude piece that's different now. And it's about drilling down into why have have kind of this this generation of, of kind of, I guess, 18 to 25-year-olds got that mindset and actually how do you get around to to giving them something to to kind of uh, incentivize them yeah because they're, they're not all driven by development so some of these guys are just like yeah look i'll come in do my nine to five go home and that's it yeah so how do you had and and then the problem you've got is you've got a gap then between future leaders and current leaders yeah. I, I think if you ask <coughs> gen x and and boomers what they thought of millennials and the millennials first come into the workforce we were lazy we were challenging we were all those things as well. Yeah. Every every generation blames the next one. Oh, they're not the same. They're not like us. You think we're just, oh, you we're just old and grumpy. How, how many times do we get it? No, we used to get it all the time. Oh, you don't know a hard day's graft. You've never done a hard day's graft. Though. Sat in yeah. front of your computers, tip-tapping away. You don't know what it's like knocking door-to-door sales. That's proper sales. And, and, and now we're like, yeah, no, you don't know what it's like. Dialing the phone 50 times. That's proper sales. That's it's the, just the evolution the of the working world. We look it? at the technology they've got and that's we it. go, yeah. you don't know what's hit. You, you wouldn't know. You don't yeah, know what yeah, hit yeah. And then, but the generation before us say exactly the same thing to us. Yeah. It's, it's a really Only the ones concept. who accept that this happens, it's yeah. cyclical, they've got more technology available to them, therefore, yeah. in our eyes, they don't have to work as yeah. hard. However, if we can maximise the use of the technology that they're very used to and comfortable yeah. using and get them using it properly, these guys could outperform what we were doing. So, so like, I can sit here as... Uh, right now, compared to like, back in our agency days... We could be sat here doing an hour-long podcast, and I could have automation software out there reaching out to fifty to hundred people for me. Mm-hmm. We couldn't have that back, no. back when we were on the phones no. and on the tools. And and, you, and this, I spoke about the resilience and building those critical thinking skills. If we were to have a debate on a topic which had facts and figures on, we all disagreed. Mm-hmm. What would we do right now? We'd pick up our mobile phone, search it in Google, and get the answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ten, fifteen years ago, no. you'd debate, you'd leave the room, and you go, "I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, still yeah, yeah, want yeah, to yeah, know yeah. what the answer yeah. was." Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't happen anymore. No. I sat, you know, What's sat that? in the pub the other day. We were debating some sports um, statistics with my friends about football. But is, um, is Villa he, really actually a good club? <laughs> we're in Europe. You're in, you're in the championship. Let's leave that there. Um, but I think, yeah, that is like, I said to him, don't pick your phone up. I still want to debate this. Yeah. yeah. It was like, no, no, let's get the, I said, don't, don't do it. Because this is, this, this is a good conversation. Yeah. But now they just go, yeah. no, you're wrong. Here's the answer. Yeah. yeah. And then let's yeah. sit in silence. And do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's another element of it is, you know, yeah. You know, that ability to, especially in recruitment, if we're 
pulling it back to kind of agency TA recruitment is that ability to have conversations with people about topics who you've never met before, that ability mm. to switch on conversation, to fill those gaps, to build rapport. That's becoming more difficult because of that example I've gave. Because yeah. you don't have yeah, that yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. you don't have those debates. Because everything's factual. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. There's no there's no room but, for. But that actually makes me think. Do I need to get a TikTok account and learn about it more? Because have you learned about TikTok? No, mate. I am hooked. I end up <laughs> honestly. I end up. There, 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 it was yesterday or the day before. Me and him for about an hour at like ten o'clock at night. We're just sending each other TikToks back and forth. Yeah. And I've fallen into this my, horrible My fiance doom scrolls on TikTok every evening. Honestly. Yeah. Me, so. me and my wife, sometimes we'd be sat next to each other on the sofa, just both browsing through, t- not saying a word for like an hour, just like, huh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Beavis and Butthead, just, just yeah, laughing at us may, Maybe I'm um, in denial that I, maybe I should have those social media platforms to learn what it's like. I, you know, that's well, that's. We different. were talking this earlier and I was telling you about how my son's grounded. Yeah. Like, this is how they get their, their information now. They don't read... The newspapers they absolutely don't go on to like BBC to check the news and stuff yeah. they hear about something that's happened or they think something's happened and it's TikTok or it's Twitter or it's Instagram but that's, I think that's for get- a different reason though because actually there's the level of trust to these mainstream media stations has gone down as well hasn't it yeah, because well, yeah. there's yeah, yeah, independent yeah. sources of information yeah. Yeah. but the reality is I mean we were talking earlier about my son being grounded right and straight away you were like oh he's out like that and, my, and it was like, no he's, he's banned from his PlayStation because of whatever it was that he did and it's like that's that's today's grounding that's their punishment that's their kind of yeah. solitary confinement sort of thing yeah, because true. it's the technology age isn't it it's the information age that, that's kind of where we are yeah. but yeah I think you know that that is <coughs> you know and then again it comes back to early talent and how do these how are these individuals inducted into working mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. I think that's that's more important than ever and probably leads us on to you know hybrid working returning to the office you know someone who's coming into the workplace for the first time whether that's from higher education or school or Mm -hmm. um, who hasn't worked in an office environment before it's super important that they have face time with the people who are training them developing them because it, it, it there's no there's no substitute for that once they've grown their career then obviously there's there'll be more flexibility but you know our recent graduates who have just joined the business in you know, finance, engineering, and and our business management grads, they will have had FaceTime every day for the last four or five weeks in their induction, and now they're going off onto their placements. That's more valuable than any. I was sat yeah, with yeah, a graduate yeah, yeah. yesterday who joined the business about a month ago, and he was he was amazing. I've learned so much. I know top to bottom what the business does. I didn't realise X, Y, and Z. I so said, you wouldn't have been able to do that at home, sat behind you laptop on teams mm-hmm. so that that's where it becomes more important and i think entry-level recruits is exactly the same you can't shadow calls no. you can't teach them how to do bd or conversate in a way to help a client with a problem yeah. through teams because it's 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 intentional is it if you want to catch up with someone you have to book a team's call yeah. and like i was talking earlier when i'm in the office it, you can have those water cooler conversations if you want to call it that or you can go up to someone and get an answer within 30 seconds mm-hmm. when particularly you probably wait in a week and then you have to book a team's call with them because they're not sat at their desk so i think that's super important is that induction piece to new people joining well, an organization and as recruiters i mean look what what we're asking for is, and i don't know the, the kind of level of depth that you'd go into in, in in the ta side but from from a an agency point of view what what we're always looking at is we want to know the candidate inside and out like 
have you got kids? Have you got any holidays? Like, what's what's driving the decision to change financially? How 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 stable yeah. are you? Do you need to be in work straight away, or can you afford to be off work for a bit? Like, there's some really personal questions that that you've got to get out of that candidate. Yeah. And I'm sure you, as as kind of hiring clients, will want us to know that as well. Yeah. Because that's that's vital information. The the more complex, the more senior. Let's just say. Yeah. And it, I'm not saying junior roles don't have this. Me and you know the the managers in my team will say to our recruiters, you know, what's their driver? Do you, know, do you need more training on how to sell our restricted stock options or our share plans or the pension? Because this person is coming to the end of their career or yeah. they're just about to start a family. Do you need to talk them more about the flexibility? So it's it's not just about job, salary, when do you start? It's what's, why are they speaking to, to us today? Yeah. Why do they want to come and join EasyJet? More importantly, what are their drivers to eventually get them to accept the offer and join us as a business? It becomes a, I think, I don't want to use this word, but it becomes a lot more scientific because you're trying to understand someone's motives to join the business outside of the, you know, what we would call benefits, incentives, and remuneration. Yeah, I like money, you pay money. <coughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but stripping all that back, why do people come to work? Yeah. The bottom line is, is to live and earn a living. But if you can have fun and you can be in a culture and environment that you enjoy and you're part of whilst doing that, that's why people join organisations. And and this is it, which is why certainly in, in, in like your post-COVID recruitment world, culture is a massive thing, isn't it? it? It's a big thing for candidates at every level. Yeah. From graduates all the way through mm-hmm. to kind of C-suite level. They're like, yeah, but look, I need to understand what the culture is. I need to understand kind of what direction is the business going in? Yeah. How do they treat their people? What's their hybrid working model? What's what's X? What's Y? And they want to know all of that just as much as you as a business want to know their drivers and their motivations. Yeah. I've co- you know, I'm not, I've not come in for an interview <coughs> today, right? So I've walked in the building and most of your team have come up to me, met me, introduced themselves and that's what I would have expected anyway. But that, you know, within five minutes, I can tell how people are interacting with each other in, in, in your office and how they're treated. And I think that it's, it's, it's first impressions, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I'd have walked in here and it, only yourselves come and spoke to me and everyone else was sat yeah. in the office working upstairs, I'm going, hang on a minute. I haven't just come here to speak on here and catch up with you guys I'd, I'd like to interact with some people you work with yeah. as well mm-hmm. that's a big big sentence so from in our head office from the receptionist to whoever you meet it's about those interactions and you can tell pretty quickly if the environment's right and the culture's good and I think for us in the airline industry we reflect our customer base and that that's super important so it's about you know being engaging, you know, being challenging, having open conversations with people and actually being quite honest. So, yeah, the cult- cultures of organisations, that's, that's what people ask about now. You know, what's the culture like? And that is sometimes very, very hard to define for agency recruits because nine times out of ten, you've picked up a role on the phone. Yeah, we don't, you haven't been say, to the office. Don't you haven't, in. You yeah. haven't floor walked. I can a, tell you that TA team doesn't like me. They have a very strict PSL. That's the line. It's reviewed every March. If that's the EVP or so, it's kind of concern. But I think to my point, it's like how many, you know, how many times are recruiters going, I want to come in. I want to just, even if it's for 15 minutes, walk me around the office. Yeah, yeah. So then when I get back to calling candidates for you the following day or in the afternoon, I've been there today. Everyone's got a smile on their face. 
there's a buzz about the place. There's it makes you know, me, well. You spoke to Ben earlier, and Ben was telling you about the client we went on yesterday, and he was, he was like really descriptive and, and yeah. kind of quite passionate about. It's yeah. really really easy to sell this business because I've seen the culture and what they're about. So actually, yeah. as a as an agency and as an um, an ambassador for that brand, I can go out there really confidently and say, this yeah. is why this is a great place to work. Yeah, it's not just you know I. I always say this to my team as well, and you know, share as much information as possible with your suppliers and your candidates. So, not just a JD, but an org chart, a brochure, any, yeah. anything that will aid a conversation that you would normally have. You need to share that information. Obviously, so many don't do that. No, you just it's, get a list of requirements, yeah. not a shopping list as well. Oh, I actually can tell you who reports to you, what their job is, or I can tell you that this is their company's history this is the journey they've been on mm -hmm. these are the values these are the behaviors and i can talk you through each of them because i've been shared the information but then if i share it with likes of yourselves you can come back and quiz me on it what does that actually mean i can go into more detail rather than yeah. going i need a project manager to do this and this find me someone goodbye see you in two weeks yeah, yeah. then and then, go, to and be then go we interviewed your candidates not, not quite a culture fit there you go. What the fucking culture is? So that for me is so that that for that for me is important. And I think as much information you can share, being open, I think that's both ways. That that that's yeah, yeah. really do you think key. That's, do you think a lot of that has driven from like the post-COVID to sort of really last year, where there was a big boom in the market? Agencies were making hay while the sun was shining because the recruitment relationship yeah. was really transactional. It was easy to get onto PSLs. It was easy yeah. to work with clients. Because we need we need we just, people. Yeah, we need bums on seats. Yeah, really. we need people. Quick, find us. At people and we've got so used to kind of yeah. having two years of just like yeah yeah place 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 yeah. and now it's like what do you mean you want me to have a conversation with a candidate normally all i do is just send them a jd they say yeah i ping the cv over and that's it right job done yeah. yeah and i think that's why we're seeing a lot of people leaving the industry as well yeah because there's a huge boom in people leaving the yeah, industry yeah there is yeah um and i think what they've had is two years of really kind of easy recruitment yeah and now it's getting challenging and, and they're questioning whether they're and, any good at it and yeah. from our perspective what is being and really interesting is ta people are now being asked about their sourcing capability more than yeah. ever can you find people can you source can you <laughs> headhunt you can follow a process great but do you have the technical ability to find people yeah and that's where a lot of ta people are getting unstuck because you you either embrace it start developing those skills mm -hmm. and there's loads of courses out there some fantastic ones i did at the start of my career when i went to rpo and i learned so much and i think you can either but that's not the only type of tier role you can do you can do volume you can do generalists but if you work in an in an organization that recruits specialist skill set yeah, yeah. and senior then the expectation is you should be able to do some sort of of sourcing as well but that's where hiring managers have really kind of liked working with agencies because uh, as a general rule of thumb, they've been do. specialists, right? Yeah. They've got the sourcing capabilities. They've got the big database with, with all the candidates in there. They've got yeah. the, the job boards. They've got all the stuff that they need, all the tools. And I think historically, TA teams have been let down by their businesses because all they've given them is LinkedIn Recruiter. Yeah, yeah. Go and find some candidates. Go on, you got and, LinkedIn and, Recruiter and, and go and, find them. And you know what? For to, Up to a certain extent, LinkedIn Recruiter is, is the platform where we do most of our sourcing from where we get a lot of our applications from because that's the market we're in yeah if i take cabin crew pilots for example they don't we don't really get applicants from linkedin for that skill set because that's not where they dwell yeah nor do engineers but for most of us but let's be honest i'd love to have you know 
the option to have three or four more platforms to recruit tech people, for example. Yeah. yeah. But is the return on investment to get a new tech platform better than selecting the right suppliers to deliver that? Precisely. Product? That's the argument. That's the question, have. isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you know, for me at the moment, the, you know, the jury's out on those types of platforms because what I see in terms of return on investment is similar to LinkedIn. So, you know. That, that's the conversations we're having about what do we invest in over the next couple of years to help us source different skill set. And LinkedIn isn't, you know, the only answer to that. But again, I'd probably trust an, ag uh, an agency contingent search recruiter to go and find me tech talent versus a platform uh, at this point yeah, in time. And I think for, yeah. for, for those kind of, for those who have been in agency recruitment for sort of as, long, as, as long as we have, over the course of time, especially if you're a specialist within a market, you build a really big network of, yeah. of people. And these are then returning candidates who, yeah. I mean, I, I, I could tell you um, of loads of examples where I've had a candidate who I've, brought, um, who I've placed as like a junior level um, purchase ledger, transactional finance person, yeah. moved them into a part qualified role, moved them into a qualified role, moved them into a senior leadership role. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're on a six figure um, salary based yeah. on the fact that I've placed them four or but five they're, times. They're trusting you with their career. Precisely. That's the difference. Precisely. I don't, you know, I have the, the recruitment's one element of TA's job. We don't have the time and capacity to have those types of relationships. We can go out and search. I could probably go out and search and find that individual. Yeah. But they're more and more likely to respond to you because you've got the relationship with them and they trust what you do with their profile yeah. and their their career. Mm -hmm. If I'm coming from X company or X agency they've never heard of, they're not going to engage. So it's about reach as well. So yeah. can I can you reach the communities that I can't? Can yeah. you reach the individuals that I can't? And if you can, there's the value there's as well. Value, yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, let's do some uh, do's and don'ts then for <laughs> our uh, agency <laughs> listeners out there. Uh, which ones you want to hear? <laughs> well, be brutal. Yeah. Be brutal. Let's start. Yeah, can let's I, start on the negative. Yeah. Let's, let's. Can I give you some examples? Give of it the, yeah, yeah, the whole I think yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, so, yeah, so me and uh, especially my business partners in my team have a what I would like to call a running commentary on some of the bad the the BD we get during the week. So nice. we um, we talk about it in our catch ups, and <laughs> interestingly, there has been some quite. I would say rogue and quite humorous ways of BD. So first example I'll give is we get an email from a recruiter saying, my CEO's seen your career site and he's told me to email you. So that's the first one. Nice. So I didn't want to. So like, you know, if, if your CEO was Steve Jobs, I'd be all over it. Yeah. <laughs> but, or, or, or another yeah. CEO of a big corporate. Um, I realise Steve Jobs is not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realise as I say that now, but you get, you get what I mean. And yeah. I think, that that to me is quite quite lazy. Um, there's also the one where they they email you, you don't respond. They email you again with three options. So you're not interested. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, please book a time. time. Yeah. Or the third one was you fell, fell over in your kitchen yeah. and <laughs> you need you need me to call uh, I hate the emergency services. Uh, mail merge is a no no for me, um, especially if you're focuses that niche mm -hmm. and specialist recruitment mm -hmm. that we've spoken about because nine times out of ten it just doesn't hit the mark and you're expecting a result it's kind of like a blunderbust approach where you're yeah. mal merging loads of clients and some of these people aren't even operational recruiters anymore like myself you know mm -hmm. I, I'm, I don't recruit finance assistants but I get mal merged emails from recruiters yeah. from that perspective um, and also just ones where you know I'd like to connect with you 
have you got any jobs? And it's uh, not, <laughs> not, not, not that basic, but <laughs> along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Going straight in for the kill. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. And I think name dropping when you haven't spoke to line managers as well, yeah. that infuriates me because it makes me <laughs> look like a fool as well. If I'm going, oh, such and such said he spoke to you. Yeah. No, he hasn't. So I think that that's some poor behaviours, but that that's a real, real minority. Um, so yeah, th- I think they're the kind of. The, what about the actual head- phone calls? Though? How many times did you get like a? a so that's PD why I changed my number yeah, recently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, getting, how many times have you been asked for thirty seconds? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, in what context? I've got thirty seconds. Or would you like to hang up? And it's like, okay, I mean, you've obviously gone to the Benjamin Denny you know, School of. Uh, interestingly, sales. I think I kind of. You know, for, uh, just speaking personally, the people I want to speak to have their name and number saved in my phone. So I'll know who's calling me nine times out of ten. Yeah. Right. So if it's a random mobile number, I tend to just drop them a text back and go, who is this? What's the call regarding? Yeah. Um, so it's very rare I give them that opportunity to ask me for 30 seconds. A lot of it is digitally now. But if they do, if I do answer the phone... I'm, I'm gen- I, I do tend to give people the opportunity to speak to me, yeah. um, but it very rarely happens because I've kind of worked out how to do it. So I think that happens less. I think the key thing for me is, and I think the best way I respond to people doing outreach BD is give me something that I need and want, right? Give me something that will capture my attention yeah. or get me thinking. So, you know, if I relate it to my industry, tell me what the other airlines are doing. Tell me what the other low-cost carriers are doing. Tell me what technology they're implementing or get, forget the candidate CV because that will come in the further in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Give me a problem that we don't know already that we probably need to address from a business perspective because that opens... What if it's something you do know? That's fine as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but you're kind of like, ah, yeah. fairs. But you it's could good go, that you know that. Yeah, yeah, we know you're implementing dynamic CRM, let's just say. That's an example, right, yeah, in your yeah. business. But the CRMs are available. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> um, we're, we're, you're implementing a new technology or software. We know that you're growing your team by X amount. Here's a profile to supplement that. That's great. I like that because mm-hmm. that shows you've actually done the research I've, yeah, I've yeah, mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's a do. But then, you know, saying to me that, you know, one of our competitors is doing this and has recruited this individual to grow this team per se or develop this market in Europe, that's the gold dust because then it gives me a reason to go and speak to my stakeholders. Mm. I've been challenged by this supplier because they know this information. What do you know about it? Well, I don't. What if well, it's we'll an probably out and out lie? <laughs> well, they'll get found out, won't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? I um, heard that. I heard that, yeah. that British Airways are going to be merging with, with Air France. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, what? Uh, to, to be yeah. honest, I think I would go and find that out very quickly. Um, yeah, I th- I th- yeah, that's uh, that's starting rumours we don't want. <laughs> what about the do's then? What what do you what do you um, or what have you seen? I think recently where you've been I, like, oh, I like that. I think I love the in terms of working with suppliers so the bd part there that's my advice i think working with suppliers is you know having the honesty to turn around to me and go you know it's always the same thing it's like remuneration profile jd not yeah if you say to me you're not paying enough the amount of times i've heard that from our supply chain i could probably i could you know probably buy another three or four houses the key thing is is 
what do you mean by that? Is yeah. it base salary? Is What's it missing? is it because of the yeah. location? Is it we don't offer enough on the uh, bonus? Is it because we don't offer private medical? Whatever it is, mm. quantify it. So then I can turn around to this and go, we've got a problem here. We've been trying to recruit yeah, this yeah. skill for ages. We don't pay enough, but also five out of the last 10, last 10 candidates who we've tried to get through a recruitment process have not gone because of this reason. So it's such a anecdotal and broad sweeping statement. You're not paying enough. Give me the detail. Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Is it 15%? Mm -hmm. yeah. Give me the detail. I then, don't get a company plane. I'm yeah. annoyed about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, we don't have first class on flights, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the detail is important. Um, so that honesty is really good. Um, I think, again, looping us into communications. I don't mind you speaking to line managers. As long as, if there's anything that's been discussed that's important or would be valid for me, mm. drop me an email after or yeah. loop me into the conversation. Um, and It's a respect thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And the biggest, biggest bugbear for me is the requalification of salary expectations. Cover sheet at the start of the process could be different at the end of the process in yeah. terms of expectation because they've seen the company, they've been through the interview steps, mm -hmm. they might want, 10, 15K more, or they might want more flexibility when it comes to working arrangement. Or mm -hmm. well, things in their organisation could have changed. requalification of the candidate through each step of the process, you'd be surprised how often it doesn't happen. That, we, that for me, so that, that shows me, right, I would love, in a, it's not going to happen, right, you've got your final interview for your candidate tomorrow. If we offer them this, do you know they would accept it? Have you requalified them? And if you go, yeah, I know 100% we've spoke about it today. We've given them a scenario that if you were to be offered this role, would you accept at this level? That to me is music to my ears because yeah. you can go in, the interview complete, you call your manager up and go, you like them? Yeah, well, we know if you offer this, they're accepted already. Yeah. There's no back and forth. It's yeah. slick. It's done. Yeah, it's arming you with information, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Whereas it, we, we, we say this to our guys all the time, just... We call it trial closing. Keep trial closing them throughout the process. Yeah. Right, now you've been there. Now, now you've been there. You've yeah. had your interview. But like I said, you'd be What's changed? What, now you know what, what they're expecting. Yeah. To go there, to work there, to do the job that they want you to do, what yeah. are you now looking for? Yeah. And, you know, what would it take to get you over the line? Okay. Yeah. And if it's this much lower, would that be a deal breaker? And what if it's this yeah. much? You know, where's the parameters? Give me something to work with. Because the perception is, if you don't do that... We think as TA people, you're much trying to maximise your revenue. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the perception we have. Yeah. So if you're coming to us and telling us they're what they want more money because of this, this, and this, thank yeah. you. That's You've really good context. Yeah, yeah. When we get after the final interview session, we do feedback. I can give this to the manager. Not we finished the interview process. Yeah, we come, yeah. We've got an offer. We want ten oh, grand more. Hang yeah. on a minute. We want ten grand more. Hang on. You didn't tell us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I normally qualify that with candidates that I work with right at the start of the process, which is like, listen, going into this process, what are you looking for? Even if it's over budget for now, just tell me, because if we get to the end of this process and at the end of it, you're like, I want 10 grand more, that's not going to fly with me. And we're going to sit there and have a conversation as to why that is the case. Yeah. In the same way that if I put a candidate in front of you at 80K and then you come back to me with, I mean, they were good, but we're going to offer 75K. That to me is like, well, Joe, look, yeah. we knew going into this process they were 80K. So yeah. why are we coming so, in? So lowballing is an, interest, an interesting topic because it, I, I imagine it happens quite a lot. Yeah. So there is an interesting thing around this. So again, it's reverse. If we don't give you context as to why we're offering that salary, yeah. you're going, hang on a minute, you're not listening to me. 
if we go right we've interviewed them through a couple of stages we've identified this gap this gap they need to get here and this is why we're offering this salary it's more justifiable. I mean, it's not great, let's be honest, but at least you've got context. Exactly. So when you speak to your candidate, you can go, they're offering this because of this, this, and this. Yeah. How does that sound? That's where the difference is. And I think that's some of the problem that we have as TAs. We don't give you that information. Mm, you know, we know we want A, but offer him 75 and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what well, happens. Because by and large, the relationship's always quite transactional. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for, actually... Between the, the, the internal and the agency. <laughs> It's almost like I said, it's a respect thing. Yeah. The agency won't give the TA the respect of look, this is what where where the parameters are. It would just be no, they want this much, and vice versa. Quite often, the the internal will just be like, yeah, we're offering yeah. this. Well, the the flip side of that is as as agencies, we hear a lowball and we're like. That five k for for a business like yours isn't going to break the bank. Like, I don't understand. Like you're, you're not. Yeah. In terms of um, in terms of agency fee, you're you're probably talking. It's about five six hundred quid. Do you know what I mean? So it's not it's yeah. not it's not bank breaking for 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 us. But, but the fee's not, not the reason. No, it's the it's getting the no, candidate over the line. And and the higher yeah. So the higher so in our in my instance, agency spend budget is centralised mm -hmm. to to the TA team. So the hiring manager won't doesn't see or understand what those fees mean. Yeah. And it goes back it's to that thing around it's about getting the best person, no matter what it costs. Yeah. yeah. But the TA are there to manage manage that cost effectively. So they don't see that. That's that's not what they're doing that for. Mm. Nine times out of ten, they're doing it because they've seen something through the interview process and they don't want to pay the full range or something. So they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so this, this candidate on paper looked like they were at this level. In actual fact, yeah. the rest of my team who are on this salary band, in, yeah. that's more where this person yeah. fits. But that's what you need to be told, right? Yeah. So I, I completely agree with the... That that is a challenge, you know. If I was in your shoes, I'd be going, "Well, why?" Mm. What's yeah, the it's reason? a transparency thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think also it, it's a case of being able to have the ammunition to go back to the candidate with, "This is why they value you." It's not like because again, a lot of candidates feel undervalued when they when they get an offer that that comes in low, and and it, it has a almost it, it sours the the kind of experience, doesn't it? Yeah. Whereas if you can go in there with the information of, "Look, mm. they really like you," but actually. If you were to look at the criteria that you're missing, we could get other candidates within that process who who are also at that budget level. Yeah. So actually, they're doing you a favour here. Yeah. So, so yeah. So for me, it's that I think, you know, we, it's just it comes back to those open channels of communication. It's not yeah. complicated at all. No. I think we as humans we complicate it. Yeah, yeah. We're the ones complicated. Yeah. 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 I think it's that's that's for me is the the biggest thing, but. Like I said, I think as time evolves, it will become more apparent that we need specialist recruiters, whether that's specialisms <laughs> or industries, rather than yeah. generalists. Because gen I think the generalist recruitment will continue to be delivered. There's a move to, to this in the, in the agency world. There's already a move to this, which is kind of be niche, but be super niche. Yeah. Right. You know, if you're going to be a tech recruiter, that's not a niche anymore. Yeah. No, no, no. And don't Pick be niche don't be geography that. agnostic either. I yeah. think you don't need to be now. Do yeah, you? yeah, and that's that's. For me, that's quite traditional. I mean, we have suppliers who we work with who are like, well, we know everyone in the home counties. Great, well, we recruit outside of the home counties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're an international matter. business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Brilliant. what's next for, for TA and your team and what's, what's kind of, give, give us some, yeah. some good insights that, that All right, people so, are going to like. So, so for me, it's about um, moving us away from being reactive and filling vacancies to being a lot more strategic in how we operate and what i mean strategic or strategy gets banded about a lot but what i mean by that is workforce planning 
future-proofing our resourcing needs. So, you know, if we ask someone in the TA team what we're going to be recruiting in 12 months' time, we have the information, we have the insight, we've had those conversations to understand that. Um, inclusion and diversity, we haven't touched on it much, but that is a big, big focus of a lot of the FTSE 100, FTSE 250 yeah. organisations. Um, and it's how we give, you know, how do we be more inclusive to drive equity and diversity? Because ultimately we want to be hiring the best people for the organisation, but we want to, you know, have an opportunity to reach everyone. And I think that's that's super key. So a focus on that. Um, leadership and executive recruitment, I think there will be a shift to having more exec recruiters in TA. Um, who are either ex-search firm recruiters and manage a, a smaller supply chain of search firms. Um, and then the insights and analytics piece. So, you know, having on-hand information to inform business decisions. So if we wanted to open, give you an easy example, if you wanted to open up a new base in Europe, where does the talent exist to do that? Can we afford them? Is this the right location strategically? but the talent acquisition insights will drive some of those conversations. So yeah, a lot more kind of uh, kind of blue sky thinking outside of the delivery of filling vacancies. I think that challenge will still exist. Yeah. Um, and it's about how do we use technology automation to drive some of those, those sort responsibilities. embedding that team further into the business, isn't it? Because yeah. well, it's, said, it's still very much in its infancy. Yeah. yeah. And people, I think a lot of people forget that, but a lot of people kind of, ignore the fact that look finance sales marketing hr they've been established teams in businesses yeah. for for decades yeah the 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 concept of a talent acquisition team seat is still a relatively new seat one. at the table so yeah. Yeah. um i'll give you an example and you, you can go away and look at it but the american airlines ceo calls himself the chief recruitment officer there's a reason for that because that's how he that's how much he values okay. recruiting talent yeah, yeah, yeah. into that organisation. So do you feel like EasyJet are kind of going into that direction where you guys are going to be very very central that's to the decision making yeah. process? That's our aspiration, you know. Yeah, and I think it's all people driven. It's not just reactive. It, it can help inform those future business decisions, and you know that's quite exciting for us because it gives us an opportunity to go right. We can, you know, where do we put our network? Where do we? have pilot offices because talent exists. So, you know, digital hotspots in the UK and Manchester, Birmingham and Leeds. Mm -hmm. Do we need a pilot office in those locations to get product managers or product owners? It's it's those yeah. types of conversations we need to start having and informing the business that if we want to deliver this, this project or this particular product, this is where the talent exists to do that. Um, so yeah, there's lots of Quite exciting. This is quite yeah, exciting for it, us. Yeah. Definitely um, in chart yeah, territory, isn't it, for talent teams to kind of go into yeah. having that seat at the table uh, and kind other, of other industries are way ahead, right? And that, that I, I won't I will stand by that and but there are some that are still doing recruitment, let's just say. Because mm. recruitment Well it falls it so, some use their TA teams as an extension of their HR function. Yeah. And well, well that that's cute. Yeah. But actually, they're two different things. Yeah, you know, I mean, we get involved in internal mobility, redundancy, um, redeployment. We yeah. support all. We support all of the different HR functions. We we're not just you know. Picking but you're also job. talking about data and insights and Correct. intelligence, people analytics, market research. Yeah. So there's a there's it's more than just a HR bolt on. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and 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 I think historically, TA's always been seen as just like yeah, bundle them with HR, and it's like yeah. well, no, no, no. They have their own, as you said, seat at the table. And, you know, we touched on the other generations earlier, and I'll, I'll probably, you know, finish on this, is 
marketing, social media has to be one one of the you know, not just a side activity for a TA person, but it has to be part of your day to day. You know, I'm always banging the drum to my team. Where what's your presence on LinkedIn? Are you, you not just about posting jobs, but talk about what's going on at EasyJet? What's happening in our industry? Drive some conversation. That will get the attention that this organisation needs to bring the talent in because they'll go right. Oh, the engineering recruiters talking about Airbus you know, A320 production or an yeah. airline going down. I want to have a conversation with guys because it looks like you, they, can, they know their Subject stuff. Matter, right? Subject yeah. matter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's super key as well is not just posting jobs on a job board. It's what insight can you give? What information can you provide? So do you think you'll start seeing uh, a rise in, in kind of things like talent business partners or, or not business partners, sorry, yeah, talent non, like non business analysts? Non-recruitment roles is what I would say. Yeah. So ta- doing those talent acquisition elements I spoke about. So not filling vacancies, but getting to know your business area and then translating that into a workforce plan, which you recruit from. Mm-hmm. Insight and analytics to form future business decisions. Yeah. Solid. Exciting times. Yeah. Joe, thanks very much for coming Thank on. You, it's a good place really, to really, really Great really having good. you on. Shame that you support Villa. Appreciate your time, mate. Thank yeah, you. Thanks yeah. a lot. Cheers for your time, bro. That's been good.